Hey guys, welcome to the Asian Hustle Network podcast. My name is Brian. And my name is Maggie. And we interview Asian entrepreneurs around the world to amplify their voices and empower Asians to pursue their dreams and goals. We believe that each person has a message and a unique story from their entrepreneurial journey that they can share with all of us. Hi, my name is Misa Chen. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Autopilot Reviews. And we're here today for Asian Hustle Network's podcast. We have Han Wen. I met Han last year on um, the Ace Next Gen conference in, where was it? Chicago. Yes, Chicago. And Ha is the co-founder of Seven Leaves Cafe, over 40 locations across the United States. We're gonna be going into his amazing story of grit, just all the way from when he was a child up to building this amazing empire. Okay, so Ha, thanks so much for coming today. I'm happy to be here. It was so cool catching up with you next week and doing the prep for this interview. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part about connecting was really learning about your origin story in Vietnam. You were born there and just your upbringing there and what you guys, your, your whole family experienced. So can we just start there? This whole episode, the thread between all these episodes that we're doing is about grit and building grit and hardship and how that all feeds into being an entrepreneur. So can we first dive into your upbringing there? Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned that you're born in Vietnam in the middle of the Vietnam War. Let, let's start there with that story. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I'm Vietnamese. So uh, uh, we came to America in, I think, 1984. Uh, I was born in 1982 in, in Vietnam. And this is like maybe seven years after the war. Um, and after the war, it's, it's pretty much a lot, like just a lot of chaos in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, my dad was in prison uh, because after the war, anyone who kind of had money, like uh, the government took it away, right? So uh, my dad was in prison and uh, he escaped like three, four times. And each time it was just like, you know, he was just kept on getting caught. Wait, so then your mom was with your brothers at the time. Every time he escaped, she was kind of holding down the house. Actually, we were kind of all separated. Wow. Because it, it was four of us, and it was very hard for my mom to like take care of us. So, oh, yeah. like one brother would be in like uh, Saigon, and wow. another one would be in like Yajang. So we we weren't really together at that okay. that time. So um, so what happened was um, there was like right after I was born in '82, um, my dad escaped uh, prison, and then. Uh, uh, we had to flee the country because I think if he got caught one more time, I think he would have been executed. And you were saying that your mom just at maybe four months old, you were detained. Yeah. So, you know, uh, what, what happened was, uh, like, I think my mom gave birth to me and to kind of like smoke my dad out of hiding. They, uh, they, they detained my mom and, and me. Uh, it, I think it worked. Uh, they captured my dad, took him to the train. And that was the last time he got caught. Uh, but he, he was able to escape one more time. Oh and that last time is uh, he jumped off the... He, he, they were literally uh, transporting him on a train. And he literally was able to just jump off the train handcuff and, oh and, and made it back home. And I think my oldest brother, he remembered this memory where my dad came home and he was just filled with blood. 
everywhere and bruises. And he just literally said, hey, kids, we, uh, he told my mom, we just got to pack up everyone and leave tonight. And so you were just a baby at the Yeah, time. I was still a baby. Okay. Uh, so I don't remember anything. So you're the youngest yeah. of all of your brothers. Yes, yes. And so you guys pack up and you called it boat people? Kind of that was yeah, that's what we're called. So it's either you leave by land or you leave by, by boat. Mm -hmm. So uh, like for our family, we took a right turn into the ocean right so you take a turn to the ocean you would leave by boat mm -hmm. the other one who took a left turn they would leave uh, to either cambodia or to thailand mm -hmm. right most of them went to cambodia yeah all right um so we left by boat and yeah my dad he picked us up we left by boat it was a small uh, fishing boat i think from what my brothers what they remember was it was probably like a Probably like a 10 by 8 fishing boat yeah um and it was f six of us my mom my dad my three brothers including me uh and my two uncles uh, and we were just stranded in the uh in the ocean for seven days yeah um and at the, by that time you had run out of food run out of fuel on, yeah so on the so on the fifth day we ran out of fuel and we ran out of food uh, so we were just stranded in the middle of the ocean, right? Uh, and, I, and I think like one of the, the, the horror stories or the sad stories about the boat people is, is I think there was hundreds of thousands of people who left by boat, hundreds of thousands. And I think, I think the statistic is only maybe, uh, maybe 60 to 80% didn't make it. Yeah. The majority so, did not make it. The majority did not make it. So, um, because of either running out of food, fuel, so forth. Or, or getting killed by pirates. The, the, the biggest... Pirates? Yeah. Uh, pirates was a big issue. So we were, we were extremely blessed because we didn't run into any pirates. Oh my goodness. So, but there's, a, there's some horror stories about that. Uh, yeah. That, that, it, it, just, it just makes me, or even my family, just shows how lucky we are that yeah, we didn't run into any That was this. kind of a theme throughout our conversation. Mm -hmm. Even into entrepreneurship, you mm -hmm. were saying you feel like your family is very lucky and there yeah. is a, a luck component in entrepreneurship. Yeah, uh, I, and I think like, like there's not a day that goes by that I, I, I don't count my blessings. It's uh, <laughs> same thing with my brothers. We, uh, we're, we're very, like, we're very aware how blessed we are and how lucky we are. Um, because like for some people, you know, they work hard their whole lives and sometimes they don't get rewarded, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we got that, like we work really hard and we got rewarded. Very few people are able to say that. So for us, it's yeah. like, that's, that's the luck. So. I, I almost feel like you guys are lucky, but maybe being born into that lucky circumstance and feeling like you're so lucky, that kind of carries you across all the hardships in life some ways. I, th I think for sure, for sure. Having that mentality, I mean, just being born into that, it's almost like a miracle. Like your whole family had a miracle happen to it. Yeah, and, and I it think... It really changes your mentality, I would say. 100%, 100%. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's just, there is like one miracle after another. Uh, when I was younger, I, I didn't recognize it. it like, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, but when, you, when I grew older and I started to see and hear these stories and I, I get to yeah, observe... Yeah, Miraculous yeah, for us it was just normal. It just happened, right? But when, 
when you like get out in the world, you go to college, you, you start your own business, you, you start to see that like there were so many how many bullets did we dodge, right? Yes. And that is it's a miracle in itself. Wow. So. And, and so you guys are stuck out at sea. You don't have any food, you don't have any water, and then all of a sudden, seven days in, two days after you ran out of fuel and water, a, a gasoline comes floating by. Yes, in the, yeah. In the sea. Yeah. This miracle happens, and you guys have enough gasoline to make the Philippines. That's right? correct. Yeah, and my brother, he, he remembers vividly because uh, we were just floating, and I think it was my brother that saw something in the ocean. So he remembers that. And then I think my dad, he jumped in, uh, oh and he, 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 he he grabbed it and came back, and it was just enough fuel for us to get to the Philippines. And we stayed there for, we, and we stayed for the Philippines for like, I think, a year. Okay. Uh, enough for us to make some money and get our, uh, I guess, our uh, green card to come to America. Okay, um, And we came to America in 1984, 1984. Um, and when we got to the airport, I think my dad had maybe $100, maybe $50 in his pocket. Talk about the American yeah 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 um and our, i think we had a sponsor but i think our sponsor didn't show to pick oh, us up no. um, um and then so what we had to do is that last remaining money that we had i think my dad he rented a, uh, a garage mm -hmm. so i think our family family how many brothers do you have four uh a total of four brothers okay. right uh yeah and then my mom and my dad so six of us was in the garage mm -hmm. And I think we stayed there for several years. Um, two, I think two years, two years. Um, and, I, and I think I was maybe two or three. And I remember, I, I, it was in El Monte. And I, I kind of remember this part, very, very blurry. But my dad would like find a lot of odd jobs. He would like clean up chicken coops. He would mow grass. He would find whatever job he could find. But the amazing thing is, he was able to learn English and get a driver's license. Wow. Yeah. So it's just, it's just amazing that he was able to do all that, right? Um, and then um, my mom on the side, is, he would, she would take me and my brothers to go uh, collect cans. Mm. So I, I, I kind of remember that, right, as, as a little kid, just following my mom. So, so do you feel like this upbringing, you know, you immigrated into the United States. Do you feel like this built up your grip towards entrepreneurship, or was it kind of like you just had this carefree childhood? What was it like? Uh, um, I, was everyone I, just very grateful? I, I think um, my my uh, our, our company it's it's a family business. So it's it's me, uh, my three brothers, and we have two uh, three other partners, which is also family members. So it's my brother's wife and her her brother. Um, but my t my older brother, they were they're very entrepreneurial mm -hmm. since day one, and I think it's because of this is they, you know they you they kind of have to be yeah career. right, um, and it's they're willing to take risks because mm -hmm. um, I I think we were so used to this um, lifestyle where we didn't have a lot yeah. right so like. If we took a risk and it doesn't work out, we were like, oh, we, we don't have a lot anyways. And mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad, right? Yeah. So we were like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, we, we lived off like a couple noodles and like, and just like fish sauce with rice. That, that was not a problem for us. 
So we're, and we live in the same room, me and my brother, we, we share the same room for like 20 years. Wow. Yeah. So That's we were- to bring you so close. I think, so for me is like, uh, I'm not really entrepreneur, uh, but I support whatever my brothers do. Oh, that's great. So, so when my brother decided to like, hey, let's open business, he invited me and said like, hey, uh, I know you just finished law school. Uh, would you like to join us and like maybe wash the dishes, right? So I'm like, sure, why not? Like, that's not a problem for me, right? Um, so for me, it was always just like getting to hang out with them. And I think that's like, I think the, the, the big reason we, we, we did this, because everything we've done, we've done it together. And you know, maybe not a lot of people know this, but before Seven Leaves, you did have some other businesses yeah. that ended up failing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it was in 2001, uh, we started a internet cafe business. And um, that business, uh, we were young uh, and it was a trendy business. So we didn't know a lot, but we were like, hey, looks like everyone opening this thing up. It looks like it, it's very popular. Why don't we do it? So we did it and our, our store was actually quite popular, right? Um, however, it was a trend and trends are meant to die. So is that what you feel like you learned from that business? Is that it's not worth it to start a trend business where the trend might die? Or yeah. So do you feel like you learned from that failure? Because I feel like every entrepreneur has failures that they end up with. Well, I, I think that that one taught me a lot, right? And it taught my family a lot. Is is one is um, is um, the location we had was it's a, it was a very big space. Mm -hmm. It was five thousand square feet. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, seven thousand. Then we cut it down to five. Um, so one of the things we learned is is uh, start simple and make sure it's manageable, mm. right? So we didn't. We didn't want to open anything that was grand and big. It was more of how do we create something where it's easy to manage, easy to kind of educate people on, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so that was the first part. Um, and that was uh, the, the biggest, I, in my opinion, the, the, the game changer where, uh, where can you find a business where you can, you can make it extremely simple mm -hmm. for people to understand, right? Just like very few choices, straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, most business, when they come in, they're like, and, and I think I, you see this in a lot of boba places, their menu would be like 200 items. Yes, and that is overwhelming. That's why I love, I actually went to Seven Leaves this morning. Thank you. With my baby, I took him in tow and my minivan. I was so excited to find out you had a drive-thru. Yeah. And there's not even any food, which I love. It's just like a couple drinks mm -hmm. and you, I was able to decide so quickly. Having fewer choices is actually very nice on a menu, and I love that. Yeah, I think it's one of those things we learn is that you know uh, when you keep everything simple, you you make it very easy for your customers to make a choice, mm -hmm. right? When it's so, when that let's say a menu is so big and large, uh, there there's a a a, uh, a paradox of choice, and you get uh, paralysis. Right, a decision paralysis. So what we did was like, hey, why don't we just make a menu that's maybe only seven items, but it's no-brainers and it's easy to explain, easy to make, and and you make it very easy for the customers to just select, and you can't go wrong, right? Yeah. So that was our philosophy with Summer Leaves, and and we took that from 
uh, our mistakes that we made in the past. Because we try to do something really grand, really big, and when you have something like that, you need a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And when you have a lot of moving parts, you need a lot of resources. We didn't have enough resources. So we were doing like 20 things at once per person. And I remember when we were talking on the pre-prep mm -hmm. interview last week, you said that on your first day of business, no one showed up. Yeah, you know? yeah. And for some reason. And that's so hard to believe because now you're at 40 locations. I well, mean, yeah. what an entrepreneurial story. You know, you said there was no marketing or anything. It's just repeat business. So mm -hmm. after that first day when you opened your doors and no one showed up, was it hard to keep going or was it like, okay, I'm supporting my brothers. We're in this together. Let's just see what happens. Kind of how, how do you keep going? After that? Uh, no, not hard at all. Uh, uh, well, number one, personally for myself is, is uh, and I think it's for my brothers too. We didn't do it for the money, mm -hmm. right? Like I did, uh, like I joined the business for, for, for the purpose of uh, being with the family. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a great purpose. Right. So, um, so even if money wasn't coming in, it was fine, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you talk about sales, we had very low expectation. We didn't have this grand idea that it was gonna... It was, was it a really, like, let's describe the first shop. Was sure. it kind of just like, was it only a drive-thru or was No, it no, no. The, the first location was in this dinky, like, uh, uh, little, I got, I guess, a corner lot with like very traditional Asian, like, restaurants and... Mm -hmm. And, uh, so storefront. it wasn't an amazing location. No, it was it's like quite dirty. Location, it was, it was like I said, it was dinky. Uh, um, what year was this? 2012. Okay. Yeah. Um, and me and my brothers, we were like, "Hey, we make a hundred dollars, we'll be happy the first day." <laughs> no, literally, we were like, "If we made a hundred dollars, we'd be happy. We made, we made a sale, mm -hmm. right?" Uh, and I think that's how much we made the first day. Wow. Around like a hundred, hundred, two hundred dollars. Um, the next day, we were really happy because we made $120. So it was like $20 more. So was it just a little, was it like, oftentimes I feel like in entrepreneurship, the media blows it up like, oh, overnight success, or like overnight success. It was so mm -hmm. quick that they came to success. Was it, but in your mind, was it more like baby steps that it built up or was it suddenly like, wow, it's huge? Um, I think it was in the, it wasn't like overnight for sure. It wasn't a week. I think it was a month. Mm -hmm. So after a month, that's when we saw the line. Oh, you had yeah. a whole online. Yeah, it, it actually it wrapped around the whole building. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to take a picture of that. That's an achievement. No, we never take pictures, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, yeah, my brother, we, we're now busy, we do. We're too busy running the business. No, we, we never take pictures. You cannot find a picture of me and my brothers when we're like teenagers. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like wow. if you try to look for me and my brothers in our high school yearbook, you ain't gonna find us, <laughs> right? And you can't find us in like old pictures when we were younger. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I wish we would have taken a picture, but yeah, we don't have any pictures. Hmm. Um, but yeah, after a month, we, we saw the line wrapped around and it, it was, yeah. Um, and that's when we asked my two other brothers to, to jump on board. Oh, how uh, Yeah, and they were, they were amazing because uh, uh, my uh, Sonny, uh, we asked him to join. He's currently our CEO um, and he is just, he's a true leader. He's a true leader. Uh, people follow him uh, and they really respect him. Uh, Kwong, he's very creative. And then he's like the most disciplined person. Uh, if, if you would ask us, uh, like, like I grew up in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so I love boy bands and like R&B boy bands. So we're kind of like a boy band. Oh, like one has that's his, awesome. right? So there's like the, the leader, right? Uh, Vin, he's like the tough guy. Kwong's like the creative. Sunny's like the leader with the face, right? I'm like the guy that never sings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm just in the background, just like talking. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and when we had that uh, that team together with our, our partners, uh, we just started dividing. Like, hey, you do this, you do that, and we just trust each other. Well, and there's so much trust there from your childhood. You were saying that your brothers essentially brought you up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. Like my dad, like he was so busy, mm -hmm. um, like he was never around. So it was like my brother who kind of like raised me, like mm -hmm. taught me how to like, like try to navigate through life mm -hmm. uh, and try to be a really good role model. So like I have to admit, they were like, like very hard to talk. Like, uh, um, they just excelled in everything. So, it, yeah, I can't say for myself, right? Like I had bad grades and like I never, right? So, uh, but it, like the, the one thing that they always taught, and I think the one thing that my mom instilled in us was just, uh, is make sure you work before you have fun. Mm -hmm. Like finish your work. So my mom would just make us do like the most tedious stuff and get us to just work. Like household work? Yeah. So we learned, like I learned how to cook when I was like maybe seven. Wow. So That's like awesome. imagine like a seven year old, like with a knife and just cutting. So we learned that at a very young age. Um, we did all the dishes, we did all the vacuuming, we did all the mopping. So the house was always taken care of. And, and so was your mom excited when you were opening up the cafe with your brother? She did not know. Oh, you didn't tell her. No. Did you not tell her because you knew that she would react negatively? I know that you were about to get the bar. Yes. Did you just pass, did you, did you just pass the bar to be a lawyer? Yeah, I passed the bar and... And, and then you uh, became a dishwasher. And, and I became a dishwasher. Uh, best decision ever. That's so, amazing. well, it's probably better now than ever. So if anyone asked me like, hey, should I be a lawyer? I'll probably tell them to be a dishwasher. Uh, you got to spend more time with your brother. Yeah, for sure. Priceless. It's, it's priceless. Um, when it comes to uh, my family, yeah, I, we, we really didn't tell my mom. Like my yeah, mom. At what point did she actually find out when there was Probably. a line around the block? Or she like she like, knew oh, we had the first. Where, where are they all going into the Seven Leaves Cafe place? She all she I think at the beginning she only thought like Kwong was involved. Oh, right. She like she didn't really right. Uh, it wasn't until like maybe our third or fourth store. The oh one, my gosh! When we. That's a secret. A happy uh, relationship with your parents. Like you still feel anything. Uh, uh, so yeah, it was, I, that's when we, I finally told my mom, like, yeah, I, 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 I don't practice anymore. <laughs> so, so that's, that's like kind of the story. Um, but the, the hard work was just, uh, my mom just literally just gave us all the muscle memory we needed. So I don't think anyone um, can outwork my brothers. Like I haven't seen, like my whole life, I have not seen a person outwork them. Because they were brought up by your mom like that to just always be focusing on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and their mental like uh, their mental discipline is uh, it's it's quite amazing. Um, I'm I, I can't say that's for me. I'm pretty lazy. Um, <laughs> You're 
yourself. <laughs> when you live with them, like trust me, you're you're lazy. Anyone who works with them, like, is considered lazy. So, wow, in comparison to them. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you can ask anyone in our company. They'll say like my oldest brother, Vin. He is a machine. He is a machine. And so, and so do you feel like because grit is something that we're talking a lot mm -hmm. about yeah. in each of these episodes. Do you feel like there, the grit was really built originally from that experience of the memories of being on the boat, um, immigrating to the U.S., and then having that upbringing? Do you feel like that fed into building up their grit and their hard work and then how your mom raised them? Or is it everything together? I think it's everything together. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's like you said, um, when you have so much resistance, uh, you just naturally push back and that pushing back of that resistance creates this, I guess, muscle that you just have naturally. So for my brother, with all this tension that we have, we just constantly push back. And it just built this a tremendous amount of just tenacity, I, I would call it, of just working hard. Uh, we're trying to change that up. We don't work nearly as hard as we, as yeah, we used to. Yeah, you need to enjoy yeah. reap the benefits of Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so my, exactly. So my, my oldest brother, uh, he, he took, like he still loves to work. Because he's just one of those guys that just cannot sit still. Like he's one of those guys. Uh, he's trying to meditate and he, he does a hell of a job doing that. Uh, well, we're, we all meditate. Um, oh, that's great. So yeah. you actually are a person who inspires, I now meditate every day because of you. Thank you, I appreciate it. That's a that's you, high compliment. Your talk at Ace Next Gen really impacted me. Um, you know, you provide this amazing music to have all, hundreds of people in the audience meditate to. I thought and you were the one that booed me. I, <laughs> I was just joking. No, oh my goodness, it was so amazing. And and I still listen to a couple of the songs mm -hmm. that you include in that meditation because they were so helpful. Because before I hated meditation. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the silence. Um, I, I really need that music, mm -hmm. like I'm the person where I need that music to string along and help me focus. Yeah, yeah. one of the things we learn um, is, and, and me and my brothers, we talk about this all the time, is um, whether it's something like hard, it's just your mind telling you it's hard. Mm -hmm. But when you actually look at it objectively, what's really hard about just sitting down and just doing mm -hmm. nothing? Like physically, it's like the easiest thing in the world, but it's our mind telling us that. So how do we get our mind? So what I think, one of the things I just developed was just how do I make it easier on the mind? Yes. Right? So just that music hack really helped a lot. I think so. like I'm an operations person as well. Mm -hmm. I'm so into go, 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 doing, doing, doing. And so I think that's why meditation was such yeah. a difficult thing before. And so like once you showed me this path, oh, you can listen. It's okay. You can listen to music. Yeah. I think it's just such an easier. Yeah, I, I think because. Yeah. Yeah, meditation is just really about really trying to be really present with the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So, and we call it anchoring. Is like, how do you anchor to the present moment? And uh, this is why people feel so happy when they do karaoke, because when you're doing karaoke or singing, you're just being present with the moment. Focusing, yeah. You focus on the music. Yeah, so, so a lot of people, what they do now is they, when they listen to music, it's always in the background, but they're doing something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, Exactly. So my practice is when I listen to music is I'm trying to listen to it as if I'm listening to it for the first time. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's in like a new whole experience each time. Even if you've heard the music mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then you. Looking at the painting for the first time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I like that. Yeah. 
So yeah, so all our brothers, we 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 meditate. Uh, we're we're quite uh, into just I call it inner development or、mm, or peace. Self work. Yes, yes, self work.、Um, because、uh, you know we just had so much. I guess we were working so much that I think a lot of us like our our body just broke down. So now we're just getting to a state where how do we find this peace and calm? Yeah, it, let's, let's, back. let's go a little bit more into mental health. Sure.、Um, you took a little bit of a step back because、mm-hmm. you felt like you needed more of that balance. So, what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs out there who are looking to build their business, but then somewhere they get burned out? When I, when is it time to step back a little bit? Well, I like I said, I, I got lucky, right?、Mm-hmm. Uh, I got lucky because my I I had no other choice.、Mm-hmm. I don't know. You remember during Ace, I had the picture of me. With like shingles, right? So you don't get shingles till much older. Yeah. So it was literally stress telling me like, "Hey,、uh, my body just literally said you gotta stop." So for me, like, it's hard to give it, give an advice on that because for me, it just yeah, it's like your body you just couldn't go anymore. I just couldn't go anymore. Like、yeah. physically, I just couldn't go anymore. Wow. Right.、Um, but I would say this is is、um, that the best thing I did was.、Um, I just made a strong conviction uh, that uh, my my mind is more important,、mm. and I will do whatever it takes to repair it.、Mm. Right? You felt like you had got to a place where you really needed to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like you can have everything this you know externally, right? Whether it's like money, cars, whatever. But if you don't have the proper mind to enjoy it, then it's kind of Pointless. What's the point? Yeah, what's yeah. the point of becoming successful if your mind isn't in the right place? Exactly. When you get there. Yes. I think that's what so many entrepreneurs that happens to them. They suddenly get. I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs who are actually very unhappy once they get there because the journey was so difficult and so、yeah. stressful. They gave up so much to get there. Yeah. They aren't even enjoying it once they get there.、So、yeah. That kind of where you. Yeah, I, I can't even tell a story about this. Is is、uh, me and my family? We went to Hawaii,、mm-hmm. right? Paradise, like everyone loves here. Why? Oh, you and all your brothers. Yeah. Okay. I was miserable there. I, 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 I wait because you were just stressed out about work. Yeah.、Or? So it's like you're in paradise, but you can't stop thinking about work. Oh. Right. So it's like one of those things, like, like, like that's why I knew. What is going on with me? Yeah. So when that happens, I like thank God I like I recognize I'm like oh. Is this break before shingles? This is a little after shingles. Oh okay. Yeah,、that's、this is a little after shingles. You really need to focus. Yeah, and that's when I I start going to all this different modalities、mm-hmm. of how do you just get your mind to constantly, I guess, be happy,、mm-hmm. right? Because I think none of us actually taught ourselves how to be happy. I think that society also. It's not necessarily geared towards our happiness. Like you need to more search. We had a whole、yeah. coffee hangout where, where、yeah. you and I got coffee. I think it was a couple months ago. We、yeah. talked about this. You know, only you can figure out what can make you happy. And oftentimes, what society tells you to do to make you happy isn't what will actually allow you to achieve that happiness. Yeah. I, well, as much as I love America. And I, I, I'm extremely grateful for it.、Um, the, the, the one thing that it does create is there's a constant, like, push for 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 it to tell you that you're not satisfied. Never enough. Never. You're enough. never enough. You need to ask for more. Yeah. So when you have that repeating message, 
you look at yourself like when can I ever be happy so you you constantly you add stuff to yourself whether it's like I don't know like you gotta buy new stuff for yourself yes so oh, I just buy this pair of shoes mm-hmm. I'll be successful exactly feel more adequate yeah um and the great thing is, uh, but the, one of the things I learned is that uh, when I went to uh, Mount Kilimanjaro uh, and I w- went hiking, uh, there was no running water, there was n- no good food, you're camping, you're dirty, no shower, so you had nothing. But at that moment, I felt at peace and I was extremely happy. Amazing. But it told me like, oh, I don't have... I don't need that much. Your yeah. your mind can can get to a certain point where you can actually be happy without those stuff. So how do you do that? Yeah, right? you stripped it all away mm-hmm. and realized that you can just have your foundation be happy without needing all this stuff. Yeah, I, I would even call it like happiness. And I know this sounds cheesy, but happiness must come from within mm-hmm. and not from without, right? It's so simple, but it's so hard to cultivate because I feel like it's taken me months of meditating for 30 minutes every night, mm-hmm. listening to the music that yeah. you gave me. And just now I feel like I'm just beginning to cultivate, you know, self-love and confidence. Yeah. And it's a really hard thing to work on. Well, it's I think that's so simple, but so hard. I think because we've never been educated, right? Oh yeah. They don't teach this. They, they don't. Right. And one of the things that like, a lot a good friend of mine he, he told me he's like why don't you say the things you say to yourself in your mind out loud mm-hmm. right and I, I i did it and i'm like holy crap that's, <laughs> this is how i talk to myself Wait, like the inner critic yeah the inner saying, critic oh, that's like if you ever done it you'd be like oh my god if my friends talk to me this way no, i would not be, be friends with them. yeah but oh, sometimes wow. but sometimes you don't recognize that right so i was like Wow. I need to start saying different things about myself. So I think that's where like affirmation comes in, journaling comes in, and, and, and those has been very, very helpful. So. I think that um, one of the things is I always thought that self-love and being confident in myself would mean that I was snooty and stuck up, but those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. And I was always so afraid to tap into that yeah. and being proud of myself and yeah. saying you're enough, yeah. you know, because I was always afraid of crossing that line and becoming... Mm too stuck up so yeah. i think it's it's important to just figure out okay what can help you be more confident mm-hmm. and, and achieve that happiness it, it's it, i think it's really tricky right mm-hmm. and, and the reason why it's really tricky is because we're constantly worried about what other people think of us mm-hmm. and that i think that's why problem. right is because we have that you're afraid of being stuck up because maybe you think someone would perceive you that way mm-hmm. but if you just like really express yourself like to, to your true self. I, I don't think anyone would, would see it that way, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, in, in addition is, is um, I think there's a very fine line between, I guess, like, what's the difference between competence and, and confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like a lot of people, they're like, hey, I want to feel confident, but confidence is just the, the, the illusion of competence. Right? So I always tell people like, hey, why don't you try to be competent and don't worry, don't worry about com- confidence, mm. right? And I think if you just do that, I think that, that expression will just come out. It will naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's one more thing I want to ask you regarding grit and this whole series that we're focusing on grit. I remember you also mentioned you were dyslexic like me. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like all those years of going to school and maybe <coughs> working hard but not getting the grades you wanted, 
that helped shape you? Such a huge um, disproportionate number of entrepreneurs end up being dyslexic. Mm -hmm. So is that something that helped shape you? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think it's probably one of my, my, I won't call it a gift, but I think it's one of those blessings that I didn't understand when I was younger. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it's like, it, it just taught me that when I, was, when I was younger, I would study a lot, but I would still get bad grades. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh shoot, I'm stupid, right? Because that's what you get, exactly right? Oh, right? Man. So it's like, I had, I had this major fear of just being stupid. Right, especially when I'm surrounded by my brothers, who's like. Oh, so none of them are dyslexic. No, they're like. Okay. Q, my he's like a genius. Like they're all smart. Like it just pisses me off. Uh, uh, but for me, it's like I see them study. I I study. And you're like, why am I not achieving the same results? Yeah, I graduated with a 2.5 GPA. I think. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't for a lack of trying. It was not for a lack of trying. But maybe uh, that's what built your. For me, that's what built my grit. You know? Yeah. It's like, working so hard you didn't achieve that but you learned how to work hard 100 and I, I think what's more important is is not only the the grit but i i think that that it, it, it gave me a belief in myself mm. because i refused to believe i was stupid mm. right and i think some people when you know henry ford said this is like whether you think you are or you're not you're absolutely right whether you believe you are or not, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So if you believe you're stupid, you're gonna follow that you're belief. Manif you manifest you're gonna manifest it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was like at no point because I had this. I, I it gave me the like, no matter what, I would not believe I'm stupid, mm -hmm. right? And it just kind of like allowed me to just break through it. So now it just I wouldn't. And I and I see so many people who when they talk to themselves, they're like, oh, I'm not smart. I'm like, do you really think that? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, and I was like, huh. If that's their belief, that's where they would be capped. Yeah. Right. Um, so for me, with with that was it, it allowed me to just, I guess, like, like just really gave that sense of belief in myself that I can just push through it. So for me, it's like when I went to law school, it wasn't to uh, to like was it for money or prestige? It was actually to actually break down this paradigm that I that I can. Pass the bar. It you can achieve it despite, despite that. Because it was kind of like, they were like, it's, it was kind of not possible. If you're dyslexic, it's very I, difficult. That's why I never went into law because yeah. it's very hard for dyslexics. That's amazing that you passed it. Yeah. Dyslexia. But I always said, like, I'll find a way, right? And, and, and I, I actually learned that from my brothers, right? Oh, uh, they, okay. they are those people who's like, don't worry, there's always a way. So from when I learned that from them, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're absolutely right. There's always a way. I so. love that. Mm -hmm. um, we're running out of time, but I know we want to talk about the nonprofit. Yes, mentioned. yes, um, yes. This is so very meaningful. Can we talk a little bit, just a quick story about this nonprofit that you started with your brother? Sure. So it's, well, I just started, right? Okay. Uh, my, it was a nonprofit that my family's involved in. My brother, he's the vice chair. It's called uh, iHumane Missions. Um, dot org uh and and the origin story is from my brother is you know how i said we're both people we took a right we went to the ocean right there's some people who took a left turn and they went on land and they went to cambodia well there's a lot of kids over there what they call it the boat people i mean the river people um they're vietnamese refugees stateless they can't they can't 
Cambodia is not giving them any like protection. protection or citizenship and they're not allowed to go back to Vietnam. So they're stuck in this like river and that's where they make all their money. So my brother went back and he, he saw this. So one of the things we, we did is we joined forces with a hospital and we created this iHumane Missions. Uh, iHumane Missions. Uh, and that is actually to support these, I guess, refugees, uh, stateless Vietnamese, uh, because that could have been us. They, don't, they just don't have a lot of options. I mean, yeah. I remember you were, I teared up at the presentation you did at the conference where we first met, because you said, you asked a little yeah. girl, one of, she was maybe five, six, yep. it looked like in the photo, and we asked her, what do you want to be? You grow up, and she said, "What is growing up mean?" Yeah, you know, and it, it's like these people—they don't have the opportunities, they don't have the knowledge of, you know, what it's like to be when you grow up. Yeah, so like they don't have the like for us, we have the American dream. Just because yeah. we we we're, we live in America, right? Mm -hmm. We're like we can be doctors. We can. We're so privileged. You ask them, they they don't know what that means. It's just literally they're just gonna live in the river and fish. Right, because there's no school. There's, they they live on the no boat. Infrastructure Zero infrastructure. So what? So what we did is, uh, and this is kudos to my brother Vinny, uh, him and a group of doctors from a uh, from a hospital. They come back every year, I think twice a year, and one is they give medical treatments. That's number one. Uh, number two is that uh, they we just built a school for the kids, because we're like if there is a way for to raise consciousness for them is to actually give them the education yeah. to at least learn how to read and write mm -hmm. and hopefully sponsor the kids who does well and get them to college. Mm -hmm. So we built the first school. My brother, he's currently building a second school, right? So this project that he does is that, so I, I support him 100%, right? So I just do the talking and I just ask people to like visit the site. He does all the heavy lifting, right? Uh, so all the benefits goes to him. but. What, what we're trying to do is, is, is one, uh, build a running water system for them because mm -hmm. they don't have clean water. Uh, two is they don't have a home, so we're trying to build homes and we're trying to build a second school. Um, and I, I think the most important thing is um, whatever donations that is given to the website, uh, I don't think any of it actually goes to any administrative cost. It that's actually great. goes so directly. Exactly. I think that's like such a great lesson that once you are successful as an entrepreneur, the great thing is you can give back. Yeah. And I love that you gave back to the community. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I said before is like the, the only difference between like myself and these kids who's there right now is we just took a different. Just the choice to go and buy seed. That was it. Yeah. I, we could have been them for sure, yes. 100%. So like we don't take that lightly. Yeah. So for, for us, it's like, it's very meaningful for us. Wow. And how yeah. can people find, what's the website? iHumaneMissions.org. iHumaneMissions.org. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much. For I appreciate it. It was really fun. Uh, it, it was awesome. Um, and so is that, that's the main thing that you would like the audience to go away with? Is... Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, yeah, I think it's just, we're just trying to bring awareness to this organization and, you know, just visiting the website or just searching us 
and knowing what's happening, I, I think it's it's pretty important. So that's what we're trying to bring out. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the show. We would like to get to the top 10 on iTunes, so be sure to leave us a five-star review. We release an episode every single Wednesday, so stay tuned. Thank you guys so much.